Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, this is actually a new episode of My Good Bad Brain. Uh, really quick, if you like My Good Bad Brain, check out patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. Uh, donations there help the show come out, uh, and hopefully you know, more often than it has been. Um, I'm going to let the theme music play, and then we'll chat a little bit. Hello. Welcome welcome back, traveler. It is good to see you again. Awful. <laughs> All right, theme music, go. Welcome to my good bad brain I'm a normal person so I'm insane I've got depression and ADHD But I'm doing better since I medicated me I'm still not always sure whether I exist Or what being a person even really is But I figured out a long time ago that Hi, 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 hi. Uh, so, I mean, this is ADHD at work so hard. I just haven't done a new episode in like a month. I've been meaning to do this episode. And this episode isn't just a regular old com- conversation episode, like the old episode of My Good Bad Brain, because based on messages I get from people, you know, I've realized they do hold a lot of value too. And even though I might be a little bit wandering and feeling a little lost sometimes with like what I'm doing with this creation and creations in general and just like life whatever um yeah I, I the input of other people matters so much especially the people who listen to this um the part that's truly in my good bad brain format is that like I have to leave town like now I need to get in the car I need to be in the car half an hour ago probably I have to drive to Las Vegas because I'm gonna do a little jobby thing which is cool um and uh, funny and strange, but I was like, I'm just, you know that thing when you like have a thing where you're like, I can't, I know I'm wrong, I have to do the thing I said I was going to do or it's just going to drag on again and I have too long a list of those fucking things and they're bumming me out and one thing that I knew I could control is like I have this interview with Brent. Brent Coble is somebody I've known for a while and is just a wonderful person. We're kind. I just think we have some kinship about some things. I've known him through a lot of this new media strangeness. I met him very early on and being exposed to it and therefore being in my middle, younger 20s and just a lot of personal development development times he's just always been someone who keeps popping back up in my life and we collaborate on projects from time to time he's hired me for things and I just think he's wonderful and he's also got ADHD and and depression stuff and and we 
bond over that and how we cope with things. And um, man, he's just a great, great person. And I, and I recorded with him months and months ago, like before the summer. I've sat on this and just been weird about what am I doing with the podcast? Maybe it was during the summer. I don't know. What am I doing with the podcast? What am I doing myself? Am I doing interviews still? What am I doing? And, you know, just, I don't know. There was so much stuff. And so I, I'm here I am. I got to leave town. I got to go. And I just, I can't, I can't let it, I just couldn't let it, me do nothing. But I was like, here, you know what? You've been getting through this. You've been cleaning, you know, listening through this episode because you haven't listened to it in a while. You've been working on it for a few days. You keep getting distracted by stuff. Just fucking drop one. Just take a few minutes. You might get in a little later than you intended, but it's going to be fine. You'll make the things. You'll meet the alley. You'll be there. You'll get it. It'll be okay. You'll be okay get this thing out. And maybe if I got this thing out, it'll open up the dam and all the other things will start coming out because I have definitely been feeling fairly paralyzed. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into a whole brain breather thing. I'm going to hit y'all with one of those next week. And, uh, probably since I haven't done this in a long while, probably there'll be a lot that comes out. So in terms of that thing that I thought to myself, maybe this is what my good bad brain is for. And it's second season realizing validation, a community a feeling that like, Oh, you're not the only crazy person out there. And, uh, you know, it's been nice. It's always fucking nice, man, to hear people who, I've listened to it and be like, oh, damn, it just feels good. It's such a relief to hear somebody else being honest about this shit when everyone else is going around pretending to be people so well and so effectively. And you're just like, how are they fucking doing it? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, Anyway, Brent's kind of like that too, but also has managed to like figure out how to walk in the world of the normies and civilians and neurotypicals, I feel like, in a, a really cool, inspiring way. So I talked to him about that a bit and... Man, he says this thing, there's just so much in here that just felt like that's so, it's funny that this is all going through my head now. Maybe just the same thing is always going through my head. But this one thing he says about like, you got to buy into yourself before anyone else will buy into you is so real and so fucking hard to do at times, you know? Um... Oh, I could go on and on about that. I started to have some of the old depression brain creeping in today and I was talking to it about things and just feeling so ineffective and so useless and so like, you know, you just start to think of yourself like a ghost, like a shade. And you're like, I should just keep going that way. So many people do things that are so destructive thinking that they're not. So many people just turn my stomach and I turn my own stomach. And I was thinking like the way that self-hatred instantly starts to manifest the easiest things. I don't like to blame other things. I like to take responsibility for the things that make me upset. When I see other people just blaming things outside of themselves in this helpless way that leaves them helpless, I, I feel helpless. I'm like, I want to take responsibility for my bad feelings. I have to get a reason for it. I'm, there must be something wrong with me and there is something wrong with me. And then I can hate that thing instead of hating something externally, which feels wrong. But I have, I have, you know, I have dominion over me. I'm allowed to hate me. And so I hate myself. And the first thing to start hating about yourself is your body. And you just start going, oh, my fucking body is the worst. All these useless cells, this entropy. And it's so ugly and there's it's just falling a fucking part and so imperfect every way it could be imperfect and you just like start spiraling and like and it's like this this destructive quality I feel like is because at least I have control over it it's like self-harming but metaphorically you know you're just you have a thing and you're like at least I'm taking action I'm doing this thing and I don't have to be confused about what hurts and I don't have to be confused about what's fucked up because I'm making it happen I know I have control over it you know that started to happen today and I was just like (sighs) 
I left a voice note on my phone for myself, just getting it out of my head. It was like eight and a half minutes long. I did some work that was on my docket because at least I give my hands, my brain, my body something to do. I did a little bit of exercise and now I am going to hit the road and I'm going to get an audio book and I'm going to be relatively on time and I am going to stop this rambling ass intro. I'm going to tell you thank you for listening to this podcast, for sticking with it when you do and thank you to Brent Coble who is such a fucking soul brother being that, um, I don't know, I just, I just had a meal with him last week uh, talking about just sheer things we talk about near the end of this episode. What do you do for no quote unquote ROI? You know, what do you do just because you love to do it? Um, talking about that. What are our secret dreams? What are the things you want to do? How can we help each other facilitate those? And man, it's so fucking wonderful to have people in your life, friends in your life who are those kind of people. You know what I mean? Where you sit down with each other and you don't just try to like find out what they've got and what you've got and where they're at and compare yourself. You sit down with them and go like, oh, I feel frustrated with things. Do you feel that way too? And they say, yeah, hell yeah, I do. And you say, I wish I want to do something. I don't want to just sit with it. I want to do something with these things. And they're like, me too. And you just go back and forth talking about the things that you want to do, your secret weird dreams, your feeling. He said, you know, you just got to make moves. At some point, we just got to make moves. Otherwise, we're just going to be in the same fucking place we always are and be wondering why it doesn't change. I don't know. It's just that alone. Just fucking thank God for people like that. Thank God for people like you out there listening who just let us know we're not alone. You know what I mean? And not just let, not just that, not just letting that passive, which is kind of not passive. I don't know. I'm not going to put too fine a point on it like I always do. That just make the world a beautiful place who are trying, who are making moves and want to help you. We want to fucking help each other, not just compare, not just compare to each other. Help. Do something together. You know? All right. All right. Let's do a little theme music and then please enjoy this conversation with uh, my dear friend, the wonderful Brent Coble. And I'll see you guys with a brain breather and some, some just fucking, we'll get back in it, man. We'll just do some more good, bad brain stuff. It helps me. Uh, I, I'm so thankful for the messages that I get that helps other people. It's just wonderful. All right. Thank you. Hydrate, self-care. Be well. Bye-bye. I'm going to tell you the Ryan Gosling story. I was going to tell Brent this story. We've just been talking for a while. We've been talking for <laughs> like two, two and a half hours. <laughs> but that's that's what I'm trying to do with my good, bad brain now is focus it up for y'all to be more the point of why we get here, which is kind of the talking and the whatever. And when I started, I definitely had the vision of saying this is going to be one of those three-hour Joe Rogan podcasts because that's what I like. I wanted something. I didn't expect people to listen to the whole thing. You turn it on when you did dishes or shit and then turn it off and whatever. Mostly driving in the car. I don't know, just where it's come to, I really think it's at least, we ended up retreading so much of it anyway. We'd talk for two hours, and then we'd get to the six quick cues, and I'd be like, well, and like Good Bad Brain is something, I'm going to repeat myself, but Good Bad Brain is a thing that- a mission statement. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a journal-y thing anyway. Like, I, I accept that there's a diary quality to it, and that that's this weird- project that you're like, this is what we were talking about for the last couple hours. The whole idea of your fractured identity. Which thing am I? How am I? Is this adding to the narrative of the things? And so I'm, whenever I do my good bright brain, I'm like, am I trying to be a host? Am I trying to host a show? Am I trying to be the editor and a host of a radio labby kind of show about mental health? Do I want people to turn in every week and be like, oh, this week, Jared's going to talk about this about mental health and because it's a mental health podcast. Or do I want to be a kind of a weird art project that's kind of a diary thing, a kind of a poemy thing? And 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 that question and that thing where do, and that I'm, where do you place yourself on the vulnerability scale in life? 
Yeah. Or like in this. No, in life. Because this is also your life. Right. Well, that's the Where would you place yourself? I think uh, pretty high. This podcast is just an exercise in your vulnerability. Yes. And then thus your ability to get people to be vulnerable for you. That's nice of you to say. That's the goal. You're very good. I'm hoping that other people out there... Like, and this is the nice resonant thing that I feel like it's, uh, it is a resonating and echoing thing. We're like in the positive sense. We're like, I declare an intention for what this is a place to just be honest about my weird ass struggles. So other people know that their weird ass struggles are okay too. And that we're all just figuring it out. Please keep sharing. It's very helpful for people to hear. And then other people will say that, be like, that was helpful to hear. And then you're like, great, I'm going to keep doing that. Cause it's helpful. That kind of an echo where like, we're co-creating this place to be more possible. And that question and the the one then when you add in the layers of the business aspects of entertainment and this thing that we do for a living, like uh, you know, whether it's producing or whatever, and you have to put this gloss on it and look like a real professional good person. Some of the people goes like, I'm gonna trust that when I give them the money, they're gonna have the thing and they're gonna have good communication about it along the way. It's like, oh, I get you get so anxious because you're like, Well, if somebody hulus me and listens to this, I don't know. You know what I mean? So let's just keep putting these out there. Yeah, let's. I'm gonna. This, I'm gonna title this have one. You ruined, if you Googled me, listen to this one first. Have you ruined a career yet? Truly, like, like on, my on, own, like from the podcast. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've ruined my career. Uh, Fair. No, I don't think so, and I don't think it ever would. I, I, a, I don't think it ever would. I'm honored to be your first. I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to do that for you. No, I, I, it's, I, well, we were talking about it. There's some people who are good, so good at pretending to be people. I like, I like being like, I'm a professional put together person and this is, um, how life is. And I've accepted this and I went to these schools and I have this resume and I'm like, I'm not embarrassed. It's a feeling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. I don't put embarrassing things online. Like, uh, you know, if somebody Googles my Instagram and uh, they're not going to see me working out all my clothes off. And I'm like, I don't even think about it. And then I do it. And that's honestly some of my favorite parts of myself now. I was is the say, part do you think that, that's a problem? No, well, I do. I do. And and this is what well, we were talking about this before is uh, the, the scary thing. The thing that you miss from your youth is the one that doesn't think about anything. That's like, I'm so in what I'm doing that I have this idea for a play I want to do. I, wanna, I, have a, I have this thing I want to go act. I want to go chase this girl. Like you just do it. Consequences didn't exist because responsibility didn't either. Right. And then when you grow up and you're like, ooh, it's getting tough. Like I'm not trying to be a piece of shit anymore. I'd like to be more stable for my goal. loved ones. I'd like to whatever. Then you're like, ooh, do I have to start buttoning it up and start like giving an image to everybody that like, like I got better and blah, blah, blah. And and you don't have faith that you did get better. So you need to really fake it hard. Because when do then I have people- to stop wearing jeans and start wearing slacks every day? Oh, oh, yeah. And and what and what is different about the people who choose to do the slacks every day when they're like 22? Like right. what's- And why do I feel bad about becoming that guy? Right, exactly. I, the universal I, not necessarily Yes, the me. one. Uh, yeah, that, definitely. So that thing of the ego coming in and the fear of how you're going to be interpreted and received is like uh, my least favorite parts about me. And also I feel like is honestly hamstringing yourself. So coming to the Ryan Gosling story. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> when I was, I think I, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, but I'm just going to tell it now. Cause you never heard it. I, uh, I was in LA. I've been here like 12 or whatever years. And I really love Ryan Gosling. He's like one of those actors. I genuinely am like, fuck, I love his work. I love what he does. And I think I had just watched Lars and the real girl, like on DVD. It was like, and, and he, um, and he, I was living in Sherman Oaks at the time in the Valley. And there's this place. I don't know if it's still there. What, what year is this? What era? I, Ryan this Gosling had to are we be in? 
two, this had to be like 2010 or 2009, 2009 or 2010, I'm guessing. Yeah. Early. I'm, I'm assuming it was a good year for him. Might have been 2008. It might have been, I mean, yeah, I don't know. He was like definitely on top of the world, Ryan Gosling. It was not long after he and Rachel McAdams had broken up or a little while because that was still relevant. That was still, that comes in, that came into the story. It was like the weird part I always block out. But like, so here's the story was I'm in the valley, I'm living in the valley and I'm just being this person who's out here to act, but not really acting, having that thing that comes up again where you go, like your whole life will come up where you're like, how long can you call yourself an artist when you didn't make any art? Like how how long can you say I'm an actor if you're not acting? That's you know? such a resonant question. I think all of us feel exactly. And of you course. can sub in whatever the thing is, the thing that you truly want to be and feel like you should be and want to be doing. And then that is your personal internal identity. And if you didn't go get an actual job in that field, how long without doing it is it before you're not that anymore? And then right. that, then that essential existential question of are you who you feel like you are or are you what you do in the world? And the the real answer I think seems you to are be, what you believe yourself to be. You do think that you think you're more heavily that one? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's yeah. t- to me, that's the only way you can fully buy into it. I, I don't necessarily get uh, people saying I, I'm trying to be a writer. Right. Right. Just because you haven't sold anything, like you don't get a card uh, uh, yes. when you sell a script that says you are a writer now. Yeah. Maybe you have dreams of joining the WGA and right. getting a feature made and then you'll have the prestige to call yourself a writer. Right. You have to buy into it. You have to buy into yourself you do. before but, other people do. But even what you're describing is those people are actually writing and they and so like they've done a thing. It's like what they've done is the thing. Just because it didn't do the thing that looks the way, the big wealthy, the one. But you know what I'm saying? As opposed to like if I just was thinking about writing all the time I'll, and never I'll, wrote. I'll put it almost more bluntly. From a hiring perspective, yeah. I want to know what you can do for me. Yeah. Specifically. That that see, that's fair. That's like totally fucking fair. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I was being that guy. You're in LA, not really doing the thing, being unsure what you're going to do, how you're going to find your way into it. And then with, with the acting, it's very weird because you do have to wait for somebody to give you, to pick you to do it most of the time, unless you start writing your own things, making your own things. And so I'm out there, not sure what the fuck I'm doing, auditioning for random shit, nothing like particularly good, whatever. And then uh, one day my girlfriend had to get her nails done. Helicopters fly. Dude, Ryan Gosling heard right over telling the story. Um, I she went to get her nails done, and I was like, "I'm gonna walk down the street." Um, to there's this place, this artisan cheese gallery. It was called. They had good sandwiches right there in Studio City. I don't know if they're still there. And I was like, "I'm gonna go grab this whole event take place at an artisan cheese gallery." Oh yeah, lead with that. Well, so I'm at the the artisan cheese gallery with my girlfriend at the at the thing, (laughs) and I'm just hanging out. And usually I have a book or something. You know, you have a thing to distract, and just and I'm just not doing anything. I'm just sitting waiting for the sandwich I ordered. And like in walks Ryan Gosling, and it's like in the middle of a weekday in the valley, not around lunchtime really, so like no one else is in there. And it's like me, the people behind the counter, and Ryan Gosling. And I know we're all just like that's fucking Ryan Gosling. There's two patrons. It's you and you it's and Ryan. Me and Ryan Gosling. That's who. That's it. And there was like some people who worked there, and there was like one guy who came in later. I think he worked there and like took a break and got like was super weird. Uh, but anyway, uh, well, so I'm sitting at the table. I'm waiting for my sandwich, and he's just standing over there. And then I'm like, I finally, I'm just like. All right. Hey, man. I was like, I'm going to feel really stupid if I don't tell you this. I think you're a really great actor. I just, I like, 
you're ama- you're awesome, blah blah. And he's like, and we're sitting at different tables, right? Oh, of course, like, and he's like, thanks, man, thanks. He's like, are you an actor too? And I'm just like, yeah, you know, immediately in that, he's like, cool. And I was like, and he just started talking to me about my life in LA and what I'm doing here, and and I was I just am like, charmed right now. I know, and I was like, I don't know, and it's just so weird. My girlfriend's getting her nails done. I don't know. We're just out here, and it's like weird, and it's this whole thing. Like, if she texts me right now, do I leave? Or do I keep talking <laughs> right. to Ryan? Well, so because what happened, we were just talking. Our sandwiches both came into individually, and then I was like, do do you mind? And he was like, no, no. And so I come home and we're sitting there having lunch with Ryan Gosling now, like talking about like sitting across from with our sandwiches and like, you know, cause we've been chatting and it was like so cool. And this fucking guy I respect and think is cool. And, and, uh, and yeah, and he ended up, he gave me really good advice about LA in general. I was, about I was ask, like, I, I, I need a breakdown. If you remember it, well, the, two, the things while, I remember the most are like this one piece of advice where he was like, LA is just, you really got to make your own map of LA. Like it doesn't make itself available to you. Basically. Like you have to know, like, this is where I like this thing. And there's this other thing. And cause I saying I really just didn't like it here. And I, because I didn't, and it was just, you know, he's like, it's like a Disneyland. You got to just like make your own you know, yeah. map it, in your head. It's not all right next to each other. It, yeah. And that like, it's not available for you. Like you have to find your favorite places. And, and that, you know, that was actually very good advice because LA really opens up when you start getting to know yourself and settling into like the weirdness of it, the hidden nature of it. But the other thing he said was like, have you heard of John Cassavetes? And I was like, no. And he was like, he's a guy who was an actor and a director in the city. I didn't know anything. And he was like, and he would just make these movies with people in his house. I'd be more interested in something you and your girlfriend like made in your apartment than most of the movies that come out on the big screen these days. And he was just very much, he's telling, he's like, make stuff, make stuff, believe in what you are and who Great. you are. How do I get it to make, you? Yeah, pretty much. And I didn't like, really, and then it got weird. Like this other like weirdo like came and, and I think was like, uh, he was another young guy, but seemed just like something was weird about him. It was, I don't know, maybe it was like that guy just started talking to him. Maybe I can go. And he came in oh, and I'll just, and, I'm next in line now. He's he just stolen that advice. Weird about like, about like, Hey, that Rachel McAdams, huh? She's hot, huh? Or something like weird like that. And it was just so fucking like, oh man, now I feel horrible. I was like, I thought I was having this human moment. And now I was like, I'm you. I'm dog. God. It was just bad. But the advice stuck with me. Also, you know, the other guy remembers that day just as well as you do. Probably. And he's probably thinks of it the same way I do. Like I had a moment. Yeah. And he he tells your story. Probably. I ran into uh, Ryan Gosling again when I went to see (laughs) Alien Covenant a long time ago in the middle of the night. And I left. I was falling asleep and I left to go pee in the middle of it like a late show. And I was so surreal. L.A. I'm in the arc light. At the upstairs, you know, in in Hollywood, and I'm just walking. And I'm like, see this. Per-? I'm like, oh, that's Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And I just says, hey man. And he like totally didn't know who I was. Well, and I was yeah. like, you don't remember me. It's totally fine. We had like sandwiches together once at this cheese shop in the valley, and he gave me some advice back then that really helped me. And uh, thanks a lot. And he was just like, cool. All right, thanks. All right. <laughs> that was it. When do you get to the point in your life where someone tells you about something you did that is just so menial to you and then you hear the story later and you're like, you know what? Sounds like me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that has to happen to him all the time. Like Bill Murray. Like he's just this magic figure now. Isn't that weird? That people's relationship with the desire for fame and celebrity is one of the more disgusting things about uh, this city. Uh, but, but I appreciate his quality, which seemed to be one of accepting that I will be a sort of a mystic figure to some people and I'll do my best to be nice. <laughs> anyway, that's the Ryan Gosling story. Also, uh, just I do think weird that I've run into him twice in person in Los Angeles. What would is, you have done if he did recognize you? 
I don't know. I don't, I don't, I just be like, cool. You want to hang out sometime? And he'd be like, no, oh, man. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just I'll like, see you again. You never know. Anyway, welcome to my good, bad brain, Brent. Thank you, Jarrett. Thanks for being here. Uh, so I'll just start with the question. So we get the official kickoff of like, what's your stuff is like, um, that can, that doesn't have to be illnesses or disorders, however you want to think of them, but things that you've been, uh, diagnosed with or oh, not. For sure. and what's your stuff diagnosed, uh, anxiety, depression, and ADHD. Yeah. I always say ADD because it was that when I was a kid. I know, me too. But we changed it at some point and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's also (laughs) a terrible name for it. I don't... It's fine. So those and then, you know, the basics of just like being a human being, your classic imposter syndrome, your crippling self-doubt, sometimes lack of self-awareness or the inverse over self-awareness. Yep. I just got that soup of being a human being who's living. Yeah. When did those, uh, when did you get, like, did you know that you were the AD thing when you were a kid or depression, anxiety or anything like that? When did you first check out doctors? Uh, my sister was diagnosed with ADD. Oh yeah. Uh, whenever we were young and they put her on Ritalin or whatever uh-huh. was prescribed at the time. Older or younger? Uh, older, three years. And she's do, the best. Ooh, that's interesting. What did your perception of her like on the medicine and stuff or her uh, experience? I was too young it? to remember. Yeah. Uh, but I, they, I think they took her off of it cause it like was not a positive change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I started like exhibiting signs of that or feeling signs of that when I was younger, yeah. they were like, we're not doing anything about that. Yeah. It didn't work for her. Like, does she take anything for it now? Oh, you don't have to divulge, uh, I guess, but yeah, yeah, she won't mind. Okay. She used to be medicated for it, but, um, you know, I've lived out here now for eight years. Yeah, I, yeah, it, sure. It's a shame to say me no, and my no. family don't talk more. No, no, I don't think that's that weird. I'm just curious because I do. I, I read uh, a thing that apparently like you, if you have a first degree genetic uh, relative who has ADHD, there's like a 50% chance you're going to get it, um, which is strong, which is powerful. And I just now that I know, I, I really did think of it always as like, yeah, hyper kids and didn't understand at all because they don't tell you this why it's a terrible name for it all the emotional implications of it like how that manifests to the adhd brain and yeah i mean it, i saw it in a very real way through her uh and it wasn't until i was much older um definitely in my 20s where it like started affecting me i felt like again mm-hmm. felt like i was i got through college pretty easily yeah uh without like even like hey let's get some of that adderall and not get some of these papers oh would you do that uh i mean come on yeah i had add and yeah. it helped and it helped like crazy and it wasn't my approach was not that uh, creepy drug no, college yeah, yeah, student yeah, yeah, voice yeah. but well, it was did- like hey man you know how you guys say whenever you take this and it helps you study and you're like i'm worried and i'm up all night and i just like i'm really hyper focused on the one thing yeah um that feels like three steps even higher than i think it would get me if i took it yeah. And then I got one once and I was like, wait, hold him, hold on. Every, yeah. Everything's not like the most interesting thing in the world. And I can, I can hold my attention on something for more than right. an hour, an yeah. hour and a half. It was like an uncontrollable thing. I think that's why filmmaking was always so fun because there's a yeah. million different things you're doing all the time. And I, I can always distract myself with a different problem. But the bad parts of it started coming through whenever I would just jump to different problems to then avoid ones I just didn't want to mm-hmm. deal with. And I am still so guilty of this. And they just get pushed further and further down the yeah. list. And then it just ends up never happening. Yeah. Or, you know, there's real consequences for that. You said that the when you took the Adderall, you did not get the high all night thing. You were like, 
It, I, it was different, right? I mean, that's because I have like, a prescription for it now. Yeah, still that right. I take, and I sleep. I'm the soundest sleeper. Yeah. I really think that's like I could curl up on this couch right now, and yeah. you would struggle to get me out of here. But at like six a.m., I will pop up. Yeah, that's I. I that's why I just want to reiterate that because it's like that is the weirdness of you take this thing that makes everybody else be like, oh my god, oh my god, let's start. A, we should start a restaurant together, you know, whatever, like Coke, and then you take it, and you're like, I feel like a person. And, uh, that's very weird. It, it does right. it makes you go, Oh, this is a real thing. I remember having a moment and being like, Oh, this is how you get things done. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine like what it would be like if your whole life prior to that, you just had dopamine receptors that worked? <laughs> I remember the first time I took it. That's really I, frustrating. Understanding yeah. it more chemically now, you know, one day there's going to be kids will get scanned and we'll just know everything about yeah. everything about them. Yeah. But to just been like, just fix the one thing. It's just a leaky faucet. It's crazy because it's also, it, yeah, it does correlate to all these experiences you have emotionally with like the rejection sensitivity stuff and just the dysthymia that comes from always disappointing people and being and and feeling like I must be lazy and piece of shit because I'm late all the time and not understanding like these are all functions that are like traceable and trackable to this thing that you have that other people have and fixable yeah they feel most of the issues are very very fixable it's really weird it's really weird the first time I took in a a, 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 the medication and you know appropriate like I still don't take a lot of it It, it's just bizarre to I know it's freeing and it's it's all the things at once there's like scary implications to it like oh my god am I just the chemicals in my brain and there's also this like other thing about like hey you can fix I also think it was important because I I also think I got into you also have to like take that shit as prescribed you have to it's the people that jump in and are like I'm gonna do four of them today Great. And then, so yeah. you're going to ration it off by doing one tomorrow. Yeah. Like, honestly, like when people talk about the abuse of it, yeah. it sounds fucking awful. Yeah. It's terrible. So take your dosage. Yeah. It makes a big difference. You're like your refills are timed out. And then I when took you start running out, yeah. they'll have more for you. Yeah. I took a, you're gonna be good. Ugh, I fucked it up, man. I was, um, I checked my a couple weeks ago. That was like, had a horrible, I, I spent a month, the last month before my last psychiatrist appointment, like actually keeping my schedule on it, like taking it when the phone told me to and not waiting till I was like going to try to go to bed, like taking my antidepressant that helps me sleep, like at a set time. And oh, what do you know? Emotions become regulated. You get things done. I didn't like peter out and get like all fucking weird and anxious, depressed. And it really does make a difference. You know, the other thing about it, um, I, I was also attracted to art and making, um, movies or theater or whatever because of the gig nature of it because I knew it was going to change all the time. And I remember reading an ADHD book that w- that did make, a, um, I think, an important point uh, that's valuable for everybody, no matter what their brain stuff is, which was like, recognize that the the powers, I guess, that you get, the, the benefits you get from your mind um, have a place in society and work and everything. And that there are, there are professions specifically that are very good for somebody who thrives in an environment that is stressful and that has a lot of different factors coming in at you at one time and you have a million problems to solve and kind of have to figure out how to navigate all of them. Like that is a very valuable type of person that, that you need for certain things to get done. They cited like first responders and like firemen and things like that. But like they said, you'll end up in like business or in like uh, film industry or doctors a lot too, like ADHD type people because you're so good in like a, well, you're constantly problem solving. Yeah. There's there's a uh, perpetual motion behind yes. your everyday. So that feels normal to you. That feels like a flowy. I think that's something I've had to figure out in my personal relationships a lot was like how not to create 
the chaos that I feel comfortable in and to figure out like, do I really feel comfortable in it? Uh, cause it's different, like comfortable, comfortable is different, I guess, than like ideal than, or like then what, where you want to be. You know what I mean? Like I've sat down and had a thing with myself where I was like, I may feel at most at flow and normal when like my world's on fire and I'm like, hell yeah, this is where I should be. But I don't really like it. And I don't really like creating the yes. people around me. And I'd like to like actually try peace. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could look at that like, be jealous of future you. That's nice. I do that all the time. I'm like, man, I'm going through it. This is rough right now. But yeah. like, you know, Saturday, I get to spend the whole day outside. Yeah. That's that's so, really good. That's a really and, good. And it'll be done. Then it, I will have finished it. I'll be on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I heard a, a Chris D'Elia thing one time where he was saying like, if he knows he has to do something on Monday or something like that, it's already done in his mind. He's like, and I just go in with that attitude. It's done already. Yeah, and then he gets things done. And I was like, that's a really useful tool to be like a kind of, that's that swagger thing, like manufacturing swagger. We were talking before this a little bit about like swagger and, and a, a feeling yourself kind of quality, a sense of ownership of yourself and what you're doing and belief in yourself is hard to fake. And if you don't feel good all the time, I, you know, if you have brain stuff like some of us do, it's, it's, it's nigh on impossible to fake and it can be really toxic. Like the opposite of it, this part of you that has the opposite of belief in yourself, this like self-talk that's negative and all this, you know, self-image stuff that you're just there to like cut yourself down all the time. Then I don't know the cultivating, cultivating a version of you where you can be like, I'm psyched for me in the future. I feel good. And that like this idea well, of swagger. Well, that's an applied and reminded practice. Well, that's good In though. the moment, you're like, dude. I know, but, it, but, that, <laughs> but that applied and reminded thing is is dope. And, and that, yeah, the swagger thing, the ability to like not fret over every decision, which is a very ADHD thing. This ver- this part of you that's like brain on fire. I'm just in this moment. I can do this. Let's fucking, let's do it. I'm performing all the time. I'm in flow. That feels really uncomfortable for a lot of people, you know? Yeah, I think I thrive the most in between um, like tip off and the final buzzer. Like when it's game time, yes. let's go. Right. No, nothing can stop me. Yes. Let's, anything that needs to get done, whatever you need, I'll step up. We'll handle it. Right. Well, so on that same thing, so you've met some of these medications you've tried. Um, I, let's just add in like what sort of like therapies and and uh, you can kind of because I want to hear more about like what you're one of the things that I want to talk to you about was just Brent is somebody who I've known for a long time and I've seen you grow I've seen you go from seeing I, I try to track and uh, stories and experiences of like like Miles is like this for my friend Miles who's a chef it's like it's amazing and inspiring I still think to talk to people who have like made it who are like doing good out in the world with with brains that are maybe are not like the ideal one to go have or that we feel like isn't the ideal one to go have. So now you work for Nickelodeon and you work for YouTube before and you're like out there doing these like amazing things in high stress environments with a lot of people to answer to and like a fancy title and these things. But you did it with like ADD. Wow, that's. I'm very grateful, and uh, that yeah. means a lot that you say it like that because that is not how it feels. I, I believe you. So that's the question. Talk about. I mean, explain that's, to that's me. That's my biggest stuff. Yeah. What's the, like I imposter think, stuff? 
No, just and I've I've only very recently been able to recognize that I have a very clear image of who I believe I am, mm-hmm. and everyone else is like seeing different things because of all yeah. of that just like ugh, drippy gravitational pull from anxiety, self doubt, and just like always wanting more to prove something to no one. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like I had a bunch of thoughts off of it. And so I don't know which one to settle on. Like I, who, which one do you think you are? The one that you, cause you said you think there's this version of you that you feel like, and then everybody else has a different oh, vision yeah. based on like a facet of you. They see let, maybe, let, how do you like unite all those? A lot of people look at exactly what you just said. I work for a pretty big company right now. I yeah. spent five years at another very big company in both cases, I got to like make stuff. Isn't that the dream? You get to make stuff all day. Right. Wonderful. I mean, certainly I'm very grateful for those opportunities. Everything about them completely shaped who I am. But in my head throughout all of it was just this, not that I don't deserve it, but like just intense unsettlement on why is it not? Right. Why is it not more? And is that wrong? Am I like, am I moving too slowly? There's always doubt and yeah. like almost a paranoia, which is weird and interesting. Like a paran- I didn't, I just didn't get until I started like, what's the was, paranoia? What do you mean? It was, there's always like a little of this. Um, here's an easier way to describe it. Things are going too good. Uh-huh. Don't trust it. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. I have, I used to say, I think I had this essential belief that you stand on rugs so they can be pulled out from under you. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Not like, and it might happen. It's like, no, that's why you do it. Right. That's what life is. That's how it works. But having a healthy, cautious nature had always allowed me to, to prepare for things to go wrong. So generally I've been really good at jumping in and like leading the ship, fixing the problem, making sure no one realized there was a problem mm-hmm. and we're off. Mm. That's like the thing that I feel like I was here to do. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at it. I don't necessarily worry too much about the optics of it as far as other people. That's good. I'm doing I'm doing this for like one reason. I love the woman I'm married to. Huh. And I want to give her as much as I possibly can. And we're super open with each other. Wow. Uh I I tell her everything and people say that, but like You tell her everything. Yeah, that she's a real deal, man. Wow. Or three-year anniversary is Tuesday. Amazing. Yeah, man. We've been together all Very happy. Uh, Yeah, no, we've known each other. I knew her when she was 18. So you feel like that's like part of it? Like that's a a big, great deal of focus. I don't know, to have that one... I don't know. That's like a guiding anchor to like yourself. For sure, yeah. It's weird. My uncle says that about my aunt. Or my aunt that like just wakes up every day and is like, how can I make her life better? And um, that's really beautiful. I think about that constantly. Yeah. I mean, when she, she's okay with me talking about this. She uh, was on Lexapro for a little while and then got off of it. And only just recently, you know, kind of went back in and talked about it and got on some new stuff and has been doing spectacular. Yeah. You know, everybody wears the mask, right? Yes. Even I couldn't see what was really going on in there. You got to check in. Do you think if you didn't have her, do you have within yourself the thing? Like, like for me... I struggle with like, I'm like, I don't know. I barely know how to take care of myself. I don't know how to help other people a little bit. 
you know? Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid to face a little bit. Like I'm thinking about my own. I was like, I, I love this woman that I'm with and I have my own, like, I feel that I wish I was better at that thing. Like I want to take care of this person more. Um, and this voice sometimes comes up and he's like, you barely take care of yourself. Of course you're not succeeding at that. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and so if I feel like almost like I'm afraid to face that, I can't even like, I might fail that love by not like seeing your limitations and being like, I'm not capable of it. Cause, yeah, but cause the only way you're going to fail is if you don't try to do anything no, about true. it. But that's also true. just worry about her first. Well, that's you, it, the question. When you do yeah. that, the rest of it takes care of itself. Now, don't get me wrong. There's still times where, you know, just like if you're on an airplane, like you got to put on your oxygen mask before you help somebody like in the morning, get yourself yeah. a cup of coffee, get you like some you time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I try to bust my ass for her. I don't know. And that's then really everything else, I'm like, though. it'll take care of itself. I know. I'm like, that's very old fashioned though, in a way, like this commitment. I think to we certainly person. are. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like we're really told a lot about like, what are you doing for you all the time? And it's kind of nice to hear you say that. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I've almost feel like yeah. popular psychology would be like, don't live for other people. Oh, wow. No, you got to deal with yourself. You got to do, but no, why it makes me I don't know. feel good. And yeah. we like, we're adventurous and we support each other. And she was there for me for some very, very rough times. I was there for her through some very, very rough times. Yeah. That's like a bond. We, we're not bonded. We're forged. Mm. We're, yeah. She can't get rid of me. Damn. So I'm thinking, let's give me a lot to think about. Uh, we're now, this is so corny. I, look at her every morning and I say, I'm grateful. And I kiss her every time I walk out of her room. Yeah. And she can't get me to not do that. That's really nice. So if you have something to drive for like that, it changes the whole picture. So we've almost been married for three years and then babies come up. Yeah. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. We've never talked about that before. Mm Mm-hmm. And I never really thought much about it. Things are going great. We're, yeah. we're living downtown. Yeah. Who's thinking about babies? Right. Uh, but she was. Yeah. And for a long time. And just let's be honest, in this industry, to have a oh, yeah. relationship that's healthy, you really got to put work into it. Oh, yeah. Kids can rip a thing apart and it can. Yeah. you can also become a terrible father if you have kids yeah. and you're overworking. You know what the hours are do, for do some of this like, stuff. Do you have any... Uh, not to be dark so I'm whatever. totally apprehensive about yeah. it. Yeah. Do you have existential was. fears about it too? Of course. Just no, the no, state no. of it, the world it, and more people? It unlocked things inside of my, my heart and mind that I didn't even know were debates I was supposed to have with myself. Uh-huh. And... Honestly, looking at her for one of the first times and being like, I don't have an answer. Yeah. And, you know, my job is to have answers to things. And I was like, I need time. Yeah. And I, I, let's just keep talking about it. So we just checked in a bunch. And then I, I visited my uh, sister like a month ago, uh, my parents and uh, she has two kids, they're like five and three, and I, they're just like maniacs, and yeah. I love them so hard. And I just had like a moment, yeah, 
amidst all of this doubt and all of this uncertainty and like I just don't know if I'm ready in career and where I'm at in any real journey have I accomplished enough do we have enough money we definitely don't live in the right place like we're gonna have to get new cars how are we gonna afford that it did just like a switch flipped I just knew like yeah okay I'm ready how old are you 30 that's probably part of it too right the timing of it's like like do you feel a difference turning 30 Literally two days ago, I'm just like spiraling and being like, I know what my ultimate goal is. I know what I want to be doing. I turned 30. God forbid. I I missed a uh, make-believe deadline I had in my own head for what my accomplishment should be at an arbitrary point in time. And that finish line came and went. And I'm for some reason still running the race. And now even worse, there's people my age who I'm noticing are running it way faster too. Mm -hmm. Comparison so is true. the motherfucking thief of joy, man. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I have I have emotional brain. I do not have intellectual brain. I can't explain it, man. I don't know. There's some sometimes I've always been really good at testing. I have a you weird, have a healthy dose of both. I know. It's you, weird. You, you balance it well. But, I can't. Uh, I mean, honestly, like if I'm with you and everyone you've had on the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the I talk the least at that party. I think that's true. I absolutely know that's true. Yeah. But I think that's... And it's hard to do empathy and small talk. Dude, I was having it last night. I haven't been to like a, an event in a while. Like the, you have to schmooze and figure that out like you're talking about. And uh, yeah, I'm weird. I'm weird. I was like talking to somebody and they're ta- they're going and like, so what do you do? And they're talking this thing. And I, and, and I was like, oh, cool, cool. And then, and then, I, just, and then I just go, so, what are uh, you excited about? Or I was like, what excites excites you? I know. And she's like, I was like, ah, it's a weird question. I was going to say like, what excites you about the thing that you just described? But no, just what do you, you know, I don't know. But let's talk about real things. You know what I mean? You're immediately just like, I think you just gotta. Like. I just think you just gotta. You just you, gotta be your weird. You self, have man. the thing where you can walk up to giant table of people you don't know. And within five minutes, you're sitting down. Yeah, a little bit. I think what's what's bothering me about this, and this is related. I know, but I admire that. I do too. I used to feel it more. Now, uh, I feel so much more conscious of like being invasive into people's space, being like uh, fire hosing them, being being like a straight white guy in America, basically being like having having no self awareness about it, and. It's tr- it's slippery because it's like <laughs> it's like I'm just second guess everything I do now. I just don't want to be invasive. I don't want to. I just want to be that thing. I, I see it all the time. I see unchecked other straight white guys in America, and you're just like, damn, you really are the protagonist, and you really think that you really don't really believe other people exist, and you're doing your thing. And and I think this is what's a pickle for it is like I remember being more that way and feeling better because you're not as aware. And you're just kind of living and you feel like you're performing and you feel like people are buying it and liking what you are and the character you're putting on. And you're like, they're liking what I'm doing. You have that confidence about your life. And sometimes the insidious part. that affirmation. Yeah. And some of that is that it's true. You get reinforced. Some people do like it. And then one day it starts to trickle in. One day you start to be like, damn, I'm really, what am I, who do I think I am? Who do I think I am? It always kind of starts with, who do I think I am and what am I doing? Yeah. And then I feel like you'll get a word maybe from somebody, some, you, I always just remember the bad things. You just always remember the bad things people say about you. And that sticks and you go like, oh, wait, maybe I'm a real piece of shit. Maybe I'm like real embarrassing. What am I, maybe I should just shut up. I should just go in a corner. And like, I don't know. That's been hard for me is a weird uh, losing. That's what we were talking about. And I 
think it's interesting to hear what you're talking about. It's almost in the reverse, almost like you're, you're talking about like something's clicking where you're just like, you know, what's important to you and who's important to you. And that gives you a sense of confidence that gives you like, it's for other people and you feel like ready, you know, or close to it to do this big thing about a, of being a father. And that's like the, uh, that's like, you're, I don't know. You're like, I, I, how do you, I'm my, I feel like it's fraying. I'm like starting to lose. I'm forgetting who I am or something like that or sure. changing into someone new or, or something. And you are, it sounds like learning who you are. And maybe, maybe these binary systems aren't even accurate that like we're all always somewhere in that spectrum, but like, right, I guess yes. just something about like, I, maybe what we could get out of this and what I'm trying to think about is like, well, how do you, uh, how does one <laughs> feel like you are coalescing more than you're fraying? How do you focus at that part of the dialectic? Like, you know what I mean? Well, cause I think it doesn't necessarily still feel that everything's coalescing. You're holding it together. Because it does feel like a sense of perspective and choice more than reality. You it's have like, you have to make the decision to have perspective, which seems weird. But like honestly, like be grateful and mindful. D- dumb hacks work. I have a folder in my Outlook uh, just called Positivity, and when anyone sends like a nice note, I get something that like feels good. Wow! I put it in that folder because I had rough days. And it, I'm, I'm living in that and dealing with a lot of stress. So I'm mm. like, here's a reminder that you're good at it. Here's, here's somebody that saw something in you that you've been waiting for people to see. So that's your like, that's fun. That's pretty good. You use it. You remember to use it. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, that's good. Cause it is a choice. It's like the situation's the same. It's just like, are you believing in yourself and, being okay with yourself and encouraging yourself or are you like i don't no, know sometimes, I, I still sometimes tr- you are just depressed yeah like, man i have a lot like, of t- i have a lot fuck, of difficulty fuck your choice but yeah you know that that choice is there when you're ready for it and sometimes yeah. you just got to get through your stuff both me and caitlin have depression she's actually got it uh worse than i do and it manifests itself physically uh, she can't sleep. She's had migraines. Like, I mean, you name it. It's been like just trying to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, and then got help, got medicated. Yeah. Calmed that down a little bit. And it's not physically tensing her out and causing the symptoms to get even exponentially worse because of it. Yeah. It's a real thing. And it's a real unavoidable, uncontrollable thing. Mm-hmm. We were worried, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, like we were worried that her hormone levels were off because she had an IUD in and we took her IUD out and you need to give it time for your hormones once you've removed the birth control Mm -hmm. to balance back out before you can start having kids. Hmm. And when you take the IUD out, you get something called a marina crash and it manifests itself in really interesting and unpleasant ways and it's a pretty common thing and it's like kind of scary stuff the yeah. list is pretty gnarly from like hormone levels figuring out where yeah because i mean it could be natural that you just basically took something that was regulating your hormone levels for so long and consistently and set a new base zero yeah and you just yanked it out yeah so she went and got blood tests done uh urinalysis anything that they could test to check hormone levels to check blood mm. count whatever we got done. Everything came back normal. Huh. There's no hormone spike. They're exactly where they should be. Yeah. Everything's healthy. We think you should see a psychiatrist. Wow. 
and it was the depression manifesting all of that stuff. Yeah. That is unavoidable. That is not a like stand up in the morning, say I'm grateful and then walk out of the room and life is, you know, peaches, but that's real as is just waking up in the morning and not going, son of a bitch. What is it? Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to feel good about it. Yeah. I'm trying to do that more. It's hard sometimes to keep that positivity. I try to think of it as like a sense memory thing. Like I almost sort of like, I think that's the toughest thing. I've said this on here before that like, I think just being able to imagine the possibility of being better means you're getting better. means you're going to be better. I love that. And that when you're depressed, like it's trying to figure out how to imagine or remember what it felt like to not feel that way is um, weirdly hard. Yeah. And I think that's like the insidious nature of it. So I think I I like that, like thinking this about writing word, like writing things down in general, like it really is a magical spell in the sense that like, it's very bizarre that if you're in like, let's say it's ancient times when they just invented writing like a few years ago or something like that. How crazy is it to think that you'll be going along in your life now and then you'll find an old thing and you'll pull it out and it'll have something written on it. And all of a sudden you can remember all this stuff that happened that you didn't know until you read those words. And it really, it's literally like a secret magical phrase. You've, you've looked at, you've, all you've done is look at scratches on a page and they unlocked a whole bunch of life that you didn't hold. Like, and, wait a minute. Like, if these things are in the right order. Yeah, like there's something truly in, like magical and enchanting about that. Like the sh- uh, some shapes we drew somewhere is going to, give you a whole experience and knowledge that you didn't have moments before. Like that's, that's magical in a weird way. And um, so I think it's like actually a very practical physical thing to keep, to collect these tokens of things that made you feel good because I kind of think you can hack sometimes when you're really deep in it. Sometimes, sometimes you can hack yourself back by like, it's like you trick your body that uh, you read something that was from a time when you did feel good and you start to go like, oh, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's writing is mind control. You just want to be able to hack what people are feeling when they're reading it. Yeah. Or watching it. Yeah. It's super powerful yeah. and very, it's mystic and woo-woo. Yeah, but I like your- I don't understand That's why it. I think your little, your little, your folder of positivity is like such a Well, you just, you, you just have to have stuff like that. Like, yeah. The world just sucks. Don't get it twisted. Talk to somebody about it last night and they were like, I don't know what you do about the need for greed. And I was like, fuck, that's the realest shit. Yeah. I don't know either. I mean, I I don't know if we can keep this in depending on when this comes out. But like I I like almost died last year and I'm in a lawsuit with the guy who did it. Yeah. That sucks. It sucks. It's so been bad. a year and a half. Yeah, that's and that has ready. been a time, a financial, an emotional toll. And that just hangs over unless and it does that doesn't go away. Yeah. It's still on the to-do list. I'm still shuffling it around trying to figure out how to put it on. <laughs> yeah. Dude, life will just pile on, man. It doesn't yeah. slow down for you. It just needs stuff from you. Yeah. What's the last gorgeous thing you saw? Oh, shit. That's the third question. That I is think. the third question. It was really pretty in uh, downtown today. It rained. Yeah. And there's just like fog over the, the best? buildings. It was really beautiful. Rain in LA. Um, You've been taking beautiful yeah, photos like downtown. That. Oh, thanks, man. That's all. Just put them online. And I need to take more. Our phones are our phones are very good. I feel weird about like taking pictures on my phone and like trying to present them as like I I made art. They were really good. Yeah, I didn't know you were making those on your phone. I thought you were just like going around with your camera. Oh no, those all my those are all on my phone. Crazy. Those are hip shots. 
They're as I'm walking and as they're walking. Oh, that's really crazy. I didn't know that. Uh, I've met a few people while doing it. Certainly like stopped and like struck up conversations to like try to get a better shot and then asked. Oh, yeah. Um, those have been really interesting interactions. Yeah. But no, most of them are just like, like dude, living downtown for the last year has been one of the most eye-opening experiences of yeah. my life. Yeah. It has truly transformed the way I think we uh, look down, not at just like the tremendously oh, terrible homeless population yeah. down there, but on a lot of really rough stuff. Yes. This is ignored. This is forgotten about kind of like what else is to it's been a really well, this, transformative this, year. Just like I think mm, my soul grew. That downtown thing is actually and, and when we say that down L.A. Uh, for everybody is like a really intense homelessness situation going on. A lot of uh, the current homelessness crisis is very focused there. And there is it's because it, at Beverly Hills and other places, they hide away the people that they don't want to think about. Downtown is the disparity is really intense and immediate. And a lot of people who are, uh, you know, of like sort of not on the, on the parts of our society that are ignored, that are not on the fringes, don't end up going downtown very often. And it's lately been seeing a lot more like development and gentrification down there. And so you can be in LA a lot of the time and almost never go downtown and never think about it. So totally, yeah. you're talking about this experience that you've had now of like, if you're living downtown, you're really in the middle you're of it. in it. Hard. Yeah. And, and different, just, I swear to, I think it's different than New York is way different, way different than Chicago, any other city. Nothing really has what LA has, we, which is like. We live about three blocks away from Skid Row. Yeah. It's, you're in it. And Skid Row is a term everybody I mean, hears a lot. You're not experiencing the same thing, but yeah. if you don't have empathy walking down the street right. every day and feel something super real, I yeah. don't know. There's a lot of fucking people on this planet. Yeah. And it's weird, which is part of the difficulty, I think, in trying to cope and trying to like comprehend it. Um, what's the but dark no, yeah, the, uh, the, the thing Oh, actually, I fucked it up. It's what's cheese, what's something cheesy you find inspiring, which you kind of said a little bit in some cute ways, I think. Oh, yeah. Wife, I mean, like. Love is an easy answer. That's just cute. Yeah. Um, but I also like, I'm the guy who like cries while watching The Bachelorette. Uh-huh. But if they really love each other and if they don't, <laughs> we're savage. Like, I also, I don't get why Hannah B is The Bachelorette. It doesn't make much sense at all. There wasn't really a better choice. I'm not dying on that hill. Yeah, I don't um, know anything about I live that. in a totally bad. different world than you. Yeah, Bachelor Bachelorette has always been something. I get it now. I mean, I get it. I get it on a fundamental level of like part of me that likes bread and circuses stuff and like human that obsession with human stuff and drama. And I that love is that. why it's interesting. Yeah. And, and and why shows like Bachelor. Okay, hold on. You should watch a full season of Bachelor in Paradise because it's the best edited, unscripted. All right. Show. Yeah. Ever. All right. The editing in that show is I uh, both clever, suggestive. Yeah. And it's it's just downright naughty, Jarrett. Love it. Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise. All right. Uh, what's um? So what's the dark? Something dark about you? I want to throw something in there. Uh, yeah. Disney paid me uh thirty six thousand dollars to plug Bachelor in Paradise. Wow. Here on my wow. good bad brain. That's a little dark, but so, also I'm annoyed because well, it's only weird because I work for Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> give me some of that Disney hey, money. Wow. What the mouse wants, the mouse gets. The mouse wants. Yeah, that's very true. They own her whole childhood now. So. Um. No. What for real? Some dark. I got a. Uh, 
this is just weird. What's the darkest thing? I got a, I accidentally minored in criminology in college because oh, yeah? I took it as like an elective. And they were like, uh -huh. if you take one more class, yeah. you'll like have enough credits. Cool. Uh, and in the course of that, I had an advanced criminalistics class that was taught by a previous, um, he was an FBI agent. Yeah. First day of class, he got the big lecture hall. It was like 300 seats. Yeah. And it was like, it's a fucking dope class. Advanced yeah. criminalistics. This dude's like, yeah. like teach me about Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter, man. That's why people do it. Yeah. Uh, he said, Our, the real class takes place upstairs. It holds 50 people. I expect about 40 to be here after today. And you're like, this is either going to be a really, really, really hard class or we have no idea what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And for the first two hours while he was uh, lecturing, he just showed from cases that he was a part of crime scene photos, really brutal stuff, Please. videos of uh, people being murdered from surveillance cameras, uh, autopsy reports, yeah. full photo, like he was just passing stuff out like this is just what it what this is. Uh -huh. And if you can't do this right now, what we're going to be talking about is like some real real stuff because yeah. you have to intimately see and know all these things and get past the shock factor of it yeah. because you're here to figure out what happened right. not here to go like oh my god that's terrible and he wasn't wrong i think there's like 30 of us at the end of it yeah, but uh right. like my main curiosity for doing it was like i was in film school that's my major so i was like what is that like? What I'm like, really yeah, I'm like, like learning a whole nother thing about this. Maybe I'll put it in a movie one yeah, day. Yeah. No, but yeah, it was, that. dude, it was really fascinating. I've liked that kind of stuff. That later led to horror movies and all No, that. that is interesting though to me. I don't know. I, I, I think about all the time, the places where we as a society have like gotten comfortable putting our dark parts and the parts that we don't and the parts are, to me, like as long as I think, you know, it's well, the unconscious pursuit sometimes of them without realizing what it is. I don't think it's uh, weird at all that there's like an attraction um, to death and violence that lives in us. I think it's like yeah, literally we're, we're either that conditioned alive. to look away or to investigate. I do feel like I don't know. I'm a big mix of both. I, I've I've gone out of my way to not see fucked up shit. You know, to be like where I've been like I, oh, I, I don't never mean have like to go to the up. dark recesses of the internet. Yeah, not but only like that. I don't do that. But yeah. you know what I mean? I don't you mean that. That's a different context, being in a class and stuff. But just that it took that class of professionalism out. Like, that's what they expected. It was like uh -huh. showing up uh, if you're trying out for a football team and they're like, we're going to run 20 back and forth. Right. They just I never, right I never played thing. football. Is that a thing? A back and forth? I don't know. They're going to run Shut 20 up. of 20 them in this forth. scenario. Get started. Whistle. Like, that's what it took to make that team. Right. So this is what it took to make it on his team to be able to deal with that. And I was like, yeah, cool. Stuff. Fuck. Yeah. This is awesome. I, feel like, I wonder if that's an ADD thing a little bit. Honestly. I don't know. They do the final exam for that class. You, you don't have to use any of this, uh -huh. but it's just interesting in our uh, classroom. You came in, you had like scheduled blocks of when you could come take the class or take your final exam. Rather you walk in and there's a crime scene. There's a, a dead body. Oh my God. And a murder weapon or what is displayed as if it could be the murder weapon. Mm -hmm. Can you figure out how this person was killed? Wow. And you had like, I don't know, 35 minutes. Yeah. That was like a little escape room. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That sounds really fun, actually. It was the the fucking best final you could ever yeah. have. Yeah. And Did it was like... Figure it out? Yeah, there was like a lead pipe underneath the sink. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was hooked up underneath the drain. So they had actually put the U-pipe back on the drain, so you had to take that off and pull that thing oh, out. Oh, wow. Dude, it was amazing. That's amazing. Fuck, that's crazy. Anyway, total tangent. Yeah. Like, I get yeah, that, though. That I, that's like, I feel like, don't. well, I just don't like seeing people get hurt. I still kind of avoid that. But I do watch like that nature is metal thing a lot. Animals eating each other and stuff all the time. Or like uh, gruesome like basketball injuries. 
This stuff sucks for me. I mean, the yeah, like, like the, the Gordon Hayward one. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Yes, it's uh, hard. I can't do it. And I'm not even like curious to watch it. Yeah. So that's what's interesting to me. It's like you. Well, it's it's not in that context. It's just like. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's not like, titillating. It's just like fascinating in a weird way. Or just being like resigned to the fact that that's reality for some people. Yes. And maybe that was an opportunity to also be grateful to not be that person who has to do that every day. Well, there's that, uh, I think Werner, I was associated with Werner Herzog with it, but I hear him saying, we must not look away. And I don't know if that's like from a thing, but like as a principle, like if you, if there's something terrible that exists, you can't just go like, I don't want to look at that. That's not part of my life. That like what you just said, your honor, it's like there's a reality to this horrible thing of yeah, that somebody must, else had to. We must not look away. Well, I kind of skipped help. over. So last gorgeous thing you saw then was uh, the downtown, which is lovely. Yeah, downtown. Oh, um, and then uh, go to losangelesmission.org yeah. if you want to learn more. Losangelesmission.org. Losangelesmission.org. What's your, uh, what add to the don't kill yourself list? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, does it have to be a physical object or going to be like a little more I mean, anything. esoteric? Anything. I mean, I've, I've always like bent it towards physical, you know, things right. that are, but no, people say stuff all the time like that are theoretical. Right, I'll give you, uh, just what's on your list. Well, definitely, uh, n- new thick socks. Oh yeah. Like a new pair of like, not dress socks. I know what you mean. Not like a breathable athletic sock, but like a nice yeah. thick sock. Oh yeah. Putting that right on your dick. It's just an incredible feeling right out of the package. Yeah, you fucked me up with that one. Um, I, so I, I was love with that. you because I actually feel that way about socks. And but then, I've never done it on my dick. Well, on your what? On my dick. I might. Moving on. Uh, and the smell of campfire <laughs> oh, when yeah. the weather starts getting colder. That's a fucking good one. Yeah. That should have a word. You know, petrichor is like the sound of the earth after what rain. What did you just say in Petrothraki? Have you heard of petrichor? It comes from the words petra and ichor, and petra is like means stone and the earth, and ichor is like ichor, the 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 fluid that uh flows as blood would, but in the body of gods. Is this like a music genre? You never heard of that? Icor- yeah. It's like it's very like Lovecrafty, Icarus, you know? Uh, it always sounds slimy, but it's what it is, it's it's it, the, it's the blood of gods. It's like what what flows in God veins is Icor. And so Petrichor is like the god the divine blood of the earth. And it's that smell that is after it rains, a fresh ooh. rain. And that smell after the rain's done raining and the earth just there's like that smell. They're like ozonated air and and the ion exchange and whatever in the earth. And the other thing is that, that there's smell a, is called petrichor. Petrichor. And they they say it's uh they think it might have to do with I did a poem about it I learned all this, but like uh geosmin is this like compound that's basically the mix of what soil is is like has something called geosmin that like is released into the air after a rain. And that is what they think like petrichor is. But so they should have a smell like that for campfires when it gets cold. Cause that is a specific smell. That's the best. That's the it's best like a smell. smell that it hits you different. Cause it's so crisp out. It's like the first one where you the inside of your nose starts to feel like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, we're doing this now. We're doing this now. Um, thank you. That's the type ty- that's good, bad brain now. Joe, thank you for having me. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, Thanks for really letting nice. me hang out. It got, it, there's a lot of, th- I don't know. I'm going to think about a lot of stuff you said. I'm going to think a lot about this idea of like, the, I don't know, you have a kind of like. Hey, can I be honest with you? Focus about You want to look at me? Yeah. 
I, I would do this without microphones. I know I would too. That's why I just started doing it. Which is, I thought about this the other day. This is a fucked up thing a little bit that like all of us are trained now to turn every part of our life into business. Like, Ooh. like I was thinking a oh, year or yeah, so ago, dude. I was like, I should start Twitch streaming because maybe there'd I be like revenue there. I like playing games. I like playing video games. It why not? It seems like a pretty a passive activity. Maybe put ad dollars on And you have exchange, like, and I have so much fun with my brothers and my friends that's being goofballs when we play video games that I'm like, this is funny. Dude, we should fucking be streaming this. How do we monetize it? Dude, and the pressure is real if to we create just it get all the all right content. backing, I swear. Well, this no. is, I think, part of the illness of our new media thing. And I don't want to get on a whole thing about it. No, I will just say to close up the last we thought, I'm a, I'm a big fan and proponent. Uh, recently of no ROI hobbies. Yes. I hate that I have to label right. hobbies, but something that literally gets you nothing other uh, than you uh, enjoy the uh, process. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of my whole We've like lost that in dude. such a big way. It's a struggle for me to stay on top of it. I have a half finished project all over all the time. Place, That's fine. But I like love jumping into a new thing and doing it and you know, Caitlin asked me like, what, what is that for? What are you building in there? I was like, Oh, I don't know. I just kind of had an idea and yeah. maybe thought if I came in here and winged it, it would be, you know what? I will I don't show know. you some of stuff. the dumb shit. I'd like so fun. Edited together for no reason for a joke in the group chat. <laughs> you know what 100%. I mean? 100%. No, but I, I, I think I just want to stick on that for a second. Cause I think a lot of us feel this thing like, I am grateful for my experience with the YouTube and new media and falling into that and the way we met and my music and all these acting things because, because there are a lot of beautiful aspects to it of like, just fucking do it. The thing that Gosling said about just go shoot. So this do it is like, damn, you really can. But seeing so many friends who were so successful financially and professionally because they were good at it and they did fall into that thing being like a vlog person or whatever Oof. has fucked me up. Hey, we should do... Son of a bitch. Yeah, we should do a whole another well, one just about YouTube. I know, but could I do an anonymous one? We should just one? do a pod about YouTube. We should yeah. just do like a thing about like the whole digital revolution that if happened. If we could do, if you could do one with an anonymous guest. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll there. let you know. We'll always wear vocoders. No one else, who Who could it be? <laughs> Don't you think that, I just think, I do, I am constantly like, what's my brand on the Instagram? What should I be putting Ugh. out? I should do this thing. I should, and I really do. I got to make it more of a business. I see the other people succeed. I what's should do What's your this. relationship do you, with the term influencer? Oh, it's ter- It's ridiculous. It's awful. It's awful. They don't have any influence. It doesn't make any sense. But like just sticking on this thing for a second is like, oh. I don't even make money at it. Like on that stuff. Yeah. Like it doesn't. And I tell myself, well, maybe I would, or it's part of work or something. And you have to feed the machine and you don't. And anything I've made in my life that is good has been one of two things, either truly impulsive and just like a thing I got to get out and do it. Or it's been something that I worked on that like we worked on and crafted and did. And when it was done, here it is. Not like just a constant grind of like, do something for today, do something for today. They need something today. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. You're thinking instead of feeling. Yeah, and, and just kind of like trying to like, I do think, put a price tag on it. Be like, well, if it's work, it means you show up, you do it every day. Right, you you have an expectation of what it's supposed to be right. and what how you think you're supposed to fit that. Yeah. But when you get out of your own way and stop thinking about it and it's the times where you are just impulsive and you're like, no, I'm not going to yep. get in my way this time and you yep. just go do it and that's the most fun you had and you look back on it more fondly because you were having a good time. Yeah. You remember yeah. the ones that you were like a pain in the ass. Yeah, sometimes they're like, yeah, and that came out all right. But if you're just 
going. You believed in it. Like you're literally telling your truth in that moment because mm-hmm. you stopped what you were doing to go do it impulsively. Yeah. If you wait on the impulse, you give yourself time to question it. And yeah. that is something I recognize is a very real thing in m- me. Yeah. And I, that's a huge struggle, but also like think, or everybody. There's also sure. everybody I think at this for point. Sure. I think people who like that's don't true. have any kind of entertainment presence or professional thing have this thing in their pocket and feel like they got to feed it. I should put a picture online yeah. today. Maybe I should do it today. I don't know. Did people like it? How many people like it? Did they like it as much as the last one? What am I doing wrong? Well, everybody also has completely different expectations for what their life is going to be. I have people that I knew when I was 10 who are assistant managers at Home Depot, but have the two-story house in Texas with the four kids and the pool and the golf course. Yeah. I mean, it's like dope. Yeah. Yeah. Living in a 900 square foot place in downtown is sacrifice. Yeah. So I think, but it doesn't feel like it right when you're the thing. Cause you're like, you're doing the thing though. I was thinking about this the other day. But, like, it, what's the but, it, but again, between- it, it it never feels like you're doing sure. the thing. It, exactly. It never feels like you're doing the thing. It will later when you're looking back. And Honestly, like the you thing. telling me that I'm like, oh, he's being really nice because that's just not <laughs> how I see that. I know. I feel the same way. I feel the same to way. me. It's like, no, I came in here to make movies. I need to like uh, write, write a script get a feature made. That's the dream. Any tangent off of that is either going to be a distraction or something that like, hopefully will at least get me in the same atmosphere as what I want to do. So I can learn more about what happens around it. Well, that's, I think the thing is like, believe in your fucking self for real, keep reinforcing those narratives. And then like, never forget, like build the stepping stones, take the steps you would have to take to end up where you want to be. And that doesn't mean just do the thing now, expect that you should be able to do it now. There are barriers and there's dedication, but like, I don't know, there's something like, whether it's something you planned and worked on the project and did it or is impulsive and you put it out, neither of those is, I did it because I had to do something today. I needed to feed the thing. Both of the things we're describing is it's coming from an authentic place. And authenticity doesn't have to be impulsive. It can also be something that's like determined and, and worked for. Well, of course. Yeah, no, I'm not making the case for impulsiveness. I think I'm making the case for the recognition of whatever you're trying to say is. Yes. People uh, oftentimes say like, you know, you just didn't get what I was trying to say. Okay, great. Tell me. All right. Uh, my theme is love. Um, love is not a theme. That's a word. It's an emotion at best. Yeah. Love cannot describe what a movie is. Like, what's the theme of the notebook? Love. No, it's not. It's love conquers all regardless. Mm -hmm. So when you have those moments where you feel impulsive and you're like, I got it. And that's how I feel because that's like the honest truth of what I'm trying to say. That's the quote theme of whatever it is you're doing. I think that's get rid of the word theme because it feels academic. Now, whenever I outline and so I don't do a theme. Mm-hmm. You just, what are you trying to say? Yeah, what are you trying to say is much more because uh, there's a really excellent thing that I found recently called Invisible Ink by this guy named, I believe, Brian McDonald. Mm-hmm. There's like lecture series of it on YouTube, but also if you just Google Invisible Ink, Brian McDonald, okay. uh, a PDF comes up and it's like 190 pages. It's this dude's book and he wrote on screenwriting structure. I mean, listen, I've done Joseph Campbell, Save the Cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, any like yeah. story circles, you know, like anything that's ever talked about how to structure a story, 
I've looked at it in a very like formulaic way. First, I need my opening scene. Okay, so it's like act right. one, and then we're gonna break. Okay, and then that's supposed to be twelve pages. And in those twelve pages, I introduce my main character. Mm-hmm. I introduce a conflict, like almost trying to approach it mathematically. Right. And what reading this invisible ink thing did was unlocked the emotional truth behind it. And instead of coming up with ideas that are just like you know, Star Wars wasn't written. Maybe the like pop of the idea and the environment was like Space Knights. Right. But it, the story, every scene in that movie doesn't support the theme of space battle. Right. You know what I think is interesting, though? Is, and I think this is this is the, the connection between impulse and, uh, and, and like figured out dedicated thing. Sometimes you get the impulse about space battle and... I think the best of us, the best we can be is when we go like, I know I fucking got to do something about space. Because sometimes I get a thing where I'm like, a vision pops in your head, like, I got to make something with that. And I, I heard that, uh, I heard Guillermo del Toro say that um, the robot fighting movie, Pacific Rim, the, the first thing about that movie was the red shoe thing, like the kid's yeah. shoes, you know? So to me, like, you it, sometimes- so, Sometimes it's an image, a character, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, I think that is. can be like, okay, well, what? why is space battle important? And then when space battle to you is you're like, well, I don't know, because it's something we're fucking far away. That's not like this. Right? And there's okay, like an adventure there great. and it's so in the stars. In space battle? And it means like life is written in the stars and there's fate. And then, and then you get a hero's journey out of it. You get like, like, I think you can decode like Beautiful. almost like a dream. What's the impulse of the first image yes. of the thing? And, and you can do that with any story that's like good. And, and I think you know. the best of the things that I've ever put online with comedy or things or silly things, or whatever, the best of them are something that like, I don't know why I did it. Is what you first say, and then you go thinking about it. You like, go, yes, I do. I know exactly mo- yes. why I did it, and you it can- was all to support what I was really trying to say. Because yeah. for some reason, being creative sometimes feels sneaky, and maybe I can trick people into listening to how I feel. Yes, yeah, I think so. And then, and then you can decode what you are experiencing and receiving, and then how that informs what you want to say in the, in the thing that you're trying to say. And everything you do yeah. needs to support that thing you're yeah. trying to say in like and reading training? that he calls it an armature it's just That's like cool. it, it's free online you should check it out uh, I will. Um, what's but called it, shadow uh invisible ink oh, invisible ink like if you can like go to a library print it out i put it in a binder and i've just like been going through an underlining thing yeah perhaps a little manic in that regard but like wow that was inspirational but then realizing oh he's planting a lot of different stuff that's helpful that's why a yeah. character would exist that's why you have to have a scene when a story yeah. starts telling you what it should be because everything is supporting yeah. that foundation. Yeah. That's when it gets fun. I agree. I think I tend to think of my characters like very much in like archetypes now, even if they're unconscious. And I think like when you look in, I, that's why I like my Neil Gaiman books a lot is like his characters all feel like folktale characters. They feel like members of some pantheon somewhere. It's sometimes quite literally like in the American gods or whatever. But, but to me, like Comedia or what there's like these tarot cards basically when I'm fucking writing anything I'm kind of like I feel like everybody's some version of a tarot card yeah and they're these hard like, archetype yeah they're like shared dream visions that we all have that we can recognize that are repeated among cultures among things there's like all these these things that just speak to you well there's a reason why ever since we've learned how to communicate we've told stories yeah yeah we have to because, well, and I think it comes down to like the stuff we were talking about when, um, when you're struggling with a sense of yourself and an instinctive story you once had, like, how do you just tell a new narrative? And that was to me, like your positive notes thing was like a way to keep bringing yourself back to a narrative of yourself, which is one that's important to you and seems related to me to your thing about like, I know I love my love. Yeah, man. So you can just like return to it. 
Anyway, I'm going to stop recording now. Thanks for listening to my good, bad brain. Let's do forever. Let's do forever. Ha, that, that, that was an abrupt ending. But that's the end of this week's interview um, my, of My Good Bad Brain. If you like My Good Bad Brain, if you get something out of it, which I really hope you do, check out patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain and consider tossing a buck or two that way. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll try not to go so long between episodes. It helps me, uh, at least. And I get nice messages from y'all, so... Self-care, hydrate, you well. Thank you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples check out american giant for hoodies jackets sweats and more pieces you can wear anywhere all made right here in the usa go to american-giant.com and use code anystyle24 for 20 percent off your order